0: if you know newspapering, which is where I learned my crafts, uh, when you begin to write a story, you you have to interview people. And then you have to discern whether that person is lying or manipulating you and uh, is a real expert or a false expert. Your career as a writer is dependent on your ability to figure out if if you're being uh, jerked around or if you're being told the truth. And so you spend a lot of time trying to find the truth. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing here, too, is always looking for the truth and being unafraid to talk about it because it's the truth. And um, and we're we just are going to show how we're going to react to that. I dealt with this in the book. Um, uh, uh when Money Goes on Mission, in a story of, uh, about faith and excellence. This was a, a challenge that I faced, and uh, I'm not sure anybody else is facing it today. But uh, when I first got started in this work, if you acted managerial or if you had procedures and and um, various things that you were doing in programs, uh, sometimes you got accused of not following the Holy Spirit. Of being programmatic, of being full of good ideas, but uh, not uh, full of the Holy Spirit, and the area this hit the most in was fundraising. There were there was a thing called the Mueller myth that I lived under, and a number of my peers that were in ministry uh, yeah, that I knew we we somehow had come around this idea. That George Mueller, who ran a series of orphanages yes. and, um, in the United Kingdom during the great flourishing of evangelical social action, one of the key leaders of that whole movement, Wilberforce, the anti-slavery movement, all of that. So that's all coming together uh, here. And um, the, the thing was, he was set as the ideal. This sort of mythology that if, if we only would know God and follow God and get in our prayer closets and pray, we'd have all the resources we needed without fundraising, without asking people, without going through this nasty business of talking about money, because it's just filthy and it's dangerous. And if we get around money, we're going to be liable for corruption and all the rest that went into that. And how are you going to know that the Holy Spirit's at work with you? if you've done all the work i literally lived under that and i was so impressionable as a new christian because it was like i landed on mars when i became a christian and i had to learn a whole new world almost a whole new way of breathing and um it and so i was kind of innocent and i was thinking wow are they right is is that the godly way of fundraising you just pray it in and if you don't pray it in, then is your prayer life wrong? And uh, do you see, by the way, do you see the seeds of the prosperity gospel, even in that thought? Uh, that, you know, if you don't ask God and he doesn't deliver, then your faith isn't strong enough. That's the problem. And and so uh, I labored under that until I picked up a copy of his autobiography and found out he was a failed missionary from germany to the jews of the united kingdom and um and then after he failed at it he he um he was looking around for work and that, because he was a trained pastor um he was hired at a congr- at a small church to uh to be their preacher he walked into it and there was something that deeply disturbed him about it because the pews on both sides were assigned to families and there was a box in the back of the church where people stood lots of people stood and the way you moved forward and closer to the fireplace in the winter time and all the rest of it the way you moved forward was by the size of your offering so when Mueller shows up in this church if you were the wealthy uh, prince or king or whatever they call him over there uh, in your area, uh, the Duke, uh, you had the front pew because you were the patron and the sponsor of that church and by far the most important person in the church. If you didn't have two nickels to rub together, you were standing in the back by the open door. And uh, Mueller looked at that and said, this is wrong. I'm not even gonna preach in this church until you get rid of this system of fundraising. This is right in his book. And he went to the parsonage they gave him, and he had a sit-down strike. Literally just went there and did nothing. On Wednesday of the week, after the Sunday that he had preached that sermon, somebody showed up with a ham to feed his family because he had no money. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? This guy was supposed to be an evangelist to the Jews, and the first thing he gets is a ham, something most Jews won't eat. And, um, And he... And then they start coming with food and such, and 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 saying, "Help us think this through." The following Sunday, he goes back into the church. He puts a wooden box in the back of the church by the door. He removes the box, removes everybody's name from the pews. First come, first serve. Best seat, get there early. Uh, it, it, if you're wealthy and too late, stand in the box in the back. In any case. That box in the back of that room on that day was the loudest fundraiser you could ever imagine. He was saying, this is how we do it. Now, Mueller never really did a lot of direct fundraising for this network of orphanages he had, but he ran the best PR operation any of us have ever seen, really. He had tours going through there. Everybody knew what what it cost to take care of an orphan and send them to school and all the rest of the stuff uh, that went on in those um, in those uh, Dickens-like uh, circumstances, and he um, <laughs> uh, he did more fundraising through that those PR. I have I've actually looked at and 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 studied his uh, communications because it was so powerful and it was raising so much money. Hudson Taylor the same way. And that dispelled the Mueller myth for me. And why am I going into all of that? Because we have to be two things at once, just like Jesus was. He was all human and all God. We have to be full of faith and really good at what we do. It requires both. In the first book of God, which is nature, if you sit and observe how hard it is for wildlife to survive in God's nature. They have to work all day for their food, hmm, just like us. And they're at it all the time, just like us, only we're doing tasks that pay us to buy food, or we're farming. But in any case, we're working, they're working, it's how it works. You know, the scripture promises God will provide, and he does we have to be 100% dependent on God for our funding. I just wrote a blog that's coming out on our website and on the MFN website and on GTP's website. I can make it available to you. Uh, That was uh, triggered by something one of you said last week. And uh, so basically I said, I asked this question in the headline, how do you know the Holy Spirit is with you when you're fundraising? And the, uh, and my answer was, taste the fruit. And Gary, Gary Hoge said, I, I was talking to him about it, and he said, oh, no, no, inspect the fruit. Well, I bit into a wax peach one time, thinking it was a piece of fruit. Fruit isn't always what it seems. And so what we have to look at is, what's the fruit of our fundraising? Are we being deceptive? Are we, are, are we, uh, are we screaming wolf? We're going to die. We're going to miss our our rent and we're all going to be out of work Are are we are we telling the truth about what we do and the difficulty and are we good at communicating it that's what i mean at the same time that we're dependent on god we need the holy spirit with us when we're uh speaking to people about funds because they're investing with us and uh we shouldn't get any more investment funds than we need but we shouldn't hold back because we don't know where the funds are from planning or dreaming uh, what we can possibly do in these areas. Uh, that's why I wrote this chapter uh, in the book and thought it was so important, is because I've been wrestling with this issue forever.